0: All right. well get your Bibles out, get your Bibles out, Matthew chapter 5, we're on the 8th beatitude, we're on the 8th beatitude, you know something I've I've heard recently is they are beatitudes, they are things that we need to do, things that we need to be, things that we need to achieve, what are beatitudes, well I'm not giving the definition of that this morning, but I want to say it's a thing that we need to do. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, let's pray real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we submit ourselves to you and to your authority this morning. We come under the authority of your word. We come under the authority of your presence. We come under the authority of your kingdom. And Lord, I just ask right now that whatever hindrances that may be trying to keep us from learning, Lord, break them in Jesus' name. Break them in Jesus' name. I thank you that you desire for us to hear your word and you desire for it to go into good soil. Lord, let us be good soil today, Lord, regardless of what we've walked in here with, Lord. We lay it down and we repent. We come clean before you and ask, Lord, we need your word. We need your Holy Spirit. We need your presence. Now speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you remember, this is Jesus teaching. This is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So, if you will just tune in, this is the teaching of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5 verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want to backtrack again, and I do this almost every single week because I think that we need to hear it again. Jesus is teaching, and I believe he is building upon uh, precept upon precept. He started with, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who recognize they need God. Blessed are those that recognize they cannot handle it all themselves. Number two, Blessed are those who mourn or repent of their sin. Blessed are those who still are sensitive to what they're walking through and the sin and maybe the things that shouldn't be there and are willing to repent and turn. Number three, Blessed are the meek, those that are selfless, those that are not selfish, those that are uh, that have that 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 have a spirit of humility, or humbleness. Now I'm leaving out. After blessed are the what, the what what Jesus said, then there's a reward on the other end. Okay, but I just want I'm just kind of touching on them again. Number th- four, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You remember what that is? It's someone that pursues and runs after God's way. Blessed are those. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are those that have mercy. Number seven. Blessed are those. Number six. Blessed are those that are pure in heart. You know what that means? It means having the right motives. When you are doing a good deed, when you are trying to do the right thing, you're doing it with the right motives, with the right method, with the right direction, with the right leading. Your heart is different. And then finally, we looked at uh, two weeks ago before Joe McGee, blessed are the peacemakers. And if you didn't catch anything from that that sermon that I gave, remember this. You have to make peace. Peace just doesn't show up at your doorstep. You've got to make it. You remember we got out the little uh, index card and we did a a recipe because there is a recipe to peace. You've got to make peace. Now, don't forget through the Beatitudes, what is the one word that is in every one of them? Blessed. So many times we want to get hung up with the fact that, man, I got to do that, I got to do that, I got to do that, I don't want to do that, I sure don't want to do that. This, one, this, one's the, this one's the worst one. Bless, okay, just wait. Blessed are those that are persecuted. I don't want to do that. Well, why do I want? Because I'll be blessed. Don't forget, there's a reward to doing things God's way. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Who wants to be blessed? Do you really? Then put your money where your mouth is. God says, I've showed you how to be blessed. Now go do it. His Word says His Word will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was set forth to do. That means when you fulfill His Word, He's going to fulfill it. When you do His Word, He's going to fulfill it. Now, is God faithful or is He not? He's faithful. I want to encourage you. Prove Him faithful. He will prove you to be faithful. He's waiting for somebody to do His Word. He's looking is for somebody to do his word so that he can perform it. There is nothing on this earth that can stop God from blessing you when you have done his word. Nothing can stop it. There's no force. There's no sin. There's no addiction that can stop it. When you perform his word, nothing can stop him from blessing you. That's a good word right there. I don't know why y'all aren't shouting and hollering and yoo-hoo. So, we've gone through the first seven. Now, I believe if we've prepared, if we've taken this word in, if we've allowed these teachings of Jesus to sink in, to take root, and we've started to make some changes, make some course corrections, then I believe we're ready to have our buttons pushed. How many of you have ever had your button pushed? We're ready to be tested. How many of you know your buttons sometimes are nerve endings that are sensitive? You know, our buttons get pushed so that we can see, so that, so that we can be seen how we'll react. If we're really trying to apply Jesus' teaching, we're going to be able to stand the pain and the frustration And not only that, not only are we going to be able to stand it, but we're going to be able to handle ourselves in a godly way. While we're pursuing godly direction, instruction, godly lifestyle, peacemaking in our lives and in others' lives, you better believe that there is a violent war and resistance against it. Joe McGee last week was talking about prayer, and we're not fighting against one another. We're fighting against forces. We're fighting against powers. And you better believe when we start to walk these things out that all hell's going to come after us. It is. Don't be naive to think it's all going to be easy now. It's not. You know what's funny? Not everybody wants God's way. Not everybody wants that. And so it's a paradox because the very apostles who walked with God and who brought the ways of God to the nations and brought peace to so many people, the very apostles were the very ones who experienced persecution. And they walked with Christ. So why would we think we wouldn't face some of the same things? We will. Let me ask you, what is persecution? So let's look at the definition of persecute. Now the definition of persecute is someone that is persecuting. Now, what we're talking about today is those that are persecuted. Do you see the difference? So I'm going to throw a word in there. The definition is to harass or punish in a manner designed to injure, grieve, or afflict, specifically to cause to suffer because of belief. Now, I want to reread that. Not to harass or to punish, but to be harassed or punished in a manner designed to injure, grief, or afflict, to cause, to suffer because of belief. Definition number two, kind of like this one, to annoy with persistence or to be annoyed with persistence or urgent approaches, attacks, pleas, importunities. This morning as I was praying and as I was going over the sermon, it dawned on me. I want to think of persecution usually as someone in the right persecuting someone in the wrong. That's not always the case. And it's not the judge that's persecuting, it's the attorney's. The judge judges. The attorneys persecute. And attorneys can be annoying. I mean, it's why they have the stereotype that they have. They're annoying. They'll take a point and they will wear you out with it, whether it's true or not. The judge has to determine whether his persecution is true. Right? So to be persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Let's read it again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, have you ever thought when somebody says something negative about you, whether it's true or not, that you're blessed? Have you ever felt blessed? <laughs> well, thank you. That just blessed me. And that's, not the, that's not the thinking that I have had in the past. It's usually something a lot worse. And how many of you sometimes will think something worse and sometimes you'll say something worse? No. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Now Jesus blesses any who endure persecution with a key ingredient here. With a rejoicing spirit. It's going to get tough a little bit today, church. Verse twelve says, "Rejoice and be glad." I want, I want to, I want to give you a little, a little uh, encouragement here. That when persecution comes, when persecution comes, comes the, comes the, uh, the chance to build your character. When persecution comes, you have a chance to build your character or tear it down. Now let me tell you I remember I can definite I don't necessarily remember when my character was built when I've been persecuted but I remember when I blew it my character was torn apart. I tend to remember those times better than I remember the blocks being being laid in my character being formed in a good way. I just remember when the blocks were torn down because of the way I reacted. Can anybody relate to that? The process of persecution produces character. So we begin to truly, truly walk these things out. Have you made a commitment over the last eight, nine weeks to walk out the Beatitudes? I want to ask you, what's the point of coming to church if you're not changing? What are you doing? Are you coming to let God change your heart, or what are you coming for? Because I wouldn't say that my delivery nor my Approach is always exactly right on, but Jesus' teaching is right on. It's effective. It will change your life. It will change your marriage. It will change your future. What are you doing? If you're not coming in here to receive from God's word and change, persecution can build your character if we're doing things God's way. You don't have to live a life of being beat down and failure your whole life. Something's got to give. And where it's going to give is in the Word of God. Church, where are you? What are you doing? Who who wants who wants to get on the the who wants to get on, 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 on the victory train? Okay. We, gotta, we we got we to gotta get on it. And the way we get on it is by doing God's Word. I want my character to be, uh, to be built in a godly fashion. Let's look at, uh, let's see, I got way ahead of myself there. As we begin to really walk the, these things out, what are we really attempting to do? You know what we're attempting to do is we start to do the, the eight beatitudes, We're trying to walk righteously. Jesus has given us instruction of truth, truth of how to walk our life out. And you know what ultimately that is? That is seeking and walking righteously. God's way. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So as we walk these things out and we attempt righteousness, Righteousness in our heart, in our life, in our relationships. Walking life out under the direction and instruction of God and His Word. Right? Isn't that what we're after? Church, if that's not what you're after, that's what I'm after. I believe that me and my leadership, my deacon board, my staff, are a staff and a leadership that believe God's Word and want to walk it out. And to be able to lay down whatever opinions we may have for the sake of what He wants and for us to accomplish that. Now, if that's not what you're after, you may have. I hate to say it this way, but you may be in the wrong place. Sometimes you say those things, and you're like, "I want to hear the crickets." Like uh, Bugs Bunny, like Donald Duck would not, Daffy Duck would do when he would get out and say something. There'd be crickets. There'd be no one in the in the audience. Let me just tell you something. God's way works. Man's way doesn't. So as hard as this may hit today, you know what? It shouldn't. It should be, okay, God, you're trying to talk to us. We're going to receive from you, and we're going to walk this thing out. That's what I'm committed to. That's what I believe our our leadership is committed to. So as we try to walk this thing out, you know what? We're walking, and we're walking, and what happens? Here comes persecution. Here it comes. But I want to make a distinction here. Persecution we're blessed for being persecuted for righteousness' sake. What does that mean? For righteousness' sake. It means I'm not blessed when I'm persecuted for flesh's sake or foolishness' sake. I'm not blessed for being persecuted for something stupid I've done. Now, sometimes we're, we're looking for that blessing and it's nowhere to be found blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake have you ever tried to walk according to god's word and god's way and all of a sudden opposition is at your door immediately second timothy chapter 3 verse 12 says this everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted Now you may say, well, that kind of makes me think I don't want to walk according to Jesus' way. Well, then you're going to miss the blessing completely. You're going to miss it all. But if we will walk it according to Jesus' way, be persecuted according to Jesus, we're going to be blessed. What's so hard to see is that, hey, this is an opportunity. God's giving me an opportunity. Who does it say is going to be persecuted? Everyone everyone. You know, if you take a stand for purity, people will get angry with you. I I don't get it. It's one of the most bizarre things to take a stand for God straight out of Scripture, King James Scripture, and somebody get mad at you for it. A Christian, no less. If you talk about the truth of Jesus and what he represents, you will be persecuted in the church and out of the church. So, don't be shocked by it. When we're persecuted in any way, our character is revealed. How we respond, how we react. I believe the Lord uses people to help us see who we really are. Why? So we'll change. If somebody doesn't push the right button in me, I don't really know who I am. When it does get pushed, man, sometimes it's hard to cope with. Not not what they've done, but who I am. I can't believe that was in me. How we respond and we react. If we allow change, He blesses us. If we don't, we're on our own. So when somebody, somebody persecutes, persecutes you, you know what I think God's doing? I think God's revealing blind spots. You've you got blind spots in your car. We've got a, a Suburban, and it's been very, uh, uh, let me put it this way, enjoyable teaching a 16-year-old driver to drive in a Suburban. It was about as challenging as it could be unless you put them in a bus. It might as well be a bus. I'm surprised it doesn't beep when it backs up. It should. But there's blind spots. And you take, you take somebody that's never driven and tell them what a blind spot is. They have no idea. Well, there's a blind spot right there. Well, okay. The, 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 they won't say, really, what does that mean? I don't really get it. they will just like, okay, blind spot. They put it in the back of their head. I don't know what that means, but we'll probably figure it out one of these days blind spot. But literally, there are things that you can't see. And when persecution comes, when testing comes, it reveals a blind spot in our life that we have not prepared for, that we can't see coming. And you know what? God gives it to us for free. We don't have to pay him for our character to be revealed. It's free. And he will give you high level information about yourself that you can't see you have an opportunity either to react incorrectly and have some major setbacks in your walk, or you can humble yourself, learn from your blind spot, and be blessed and exalted by God. You know what? It's really a pretty good deal. If you will really look at it, God's way is a good deal. We've just uh, recently bought a, a used car And you know what you're looking for when you're buying a vehicle? You're looking for a deal. And you buy it and you think you got a good deal. Then you get home and you start questioning, was that really a good deal? We couldn't even get off the lot. And Elizabeth's like, should we have bought that? Should we have got that? What do you mean? It was a great deal. We did great. This was great. Okay, okay, sounds good. Should we have bought that? (laughs) Honey, we did great. We did great. Then all of a sudden I start thinking, should we have bought that? You know, she starts to wear on me a little bit. And she's saying, well, you're right. Should we have bought that? And I don't have my encourager. Where's my cheerleader? Yeah, we should have bought it. God says, yeah, it's a good buy. Can I tell you, God is a good deal. It's a good deal. God is a good deal. Think of it like this when your, your enemies and your adversaries give you opportunities for advancement. Do you know that if it wasn't for struggles, you wouldn't get stronger? If it wasn't for testing, you couldn't move to the next level? You couldn't move to the next grade? Your enemies and your adversaries and those that persecute you are, are opportunities at your doorstep for blessing. The problem is, they show up at your door and you want to run and hide. Or you want to say things you shouldn't say to them. And the blessing flutters away. They're blessing opportunities. The key for the blessing in all these is getting your heart right. Do you know if your heart's right, your response is going to be right? If your heart's wrong, it's not our genuine reaction. Look here at 1 Peter 4. I love this scripture. Listen to me now. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and God rests on you. When persecution comes, when you're living right, when you're trying to do right, when you're giving it everything that you've got, I want you to know an instant equipping to handle it comes immediately. Do you see this? The spirit of glory and God rests on you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So, when this testing comes, the Lord Himself will help, will help you through it. This is a scripture that shows me that He comes to my rescue the moment it shows up at my doorstep. Now, does He do it for me? No. Can I still blow it? Yes. But it's not because God has let me down. God is there. Man, do y'all see that? When we're attacked, the Spirit of glory rests on us. However, it depends on our heart. If we're being spoken against and we get defensive and critical, not showing mercy, striking back and complaining about it, the Spirit of glory doesn't rest on us, it leaves. We can waste a blessing opportunity by having a bad spirit. I don't want to have a bad spirit. Let's go back and be encouraged just for a minute. Matthew chapter 5. We're going back to the scripture we started on. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Verse 12. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Because your reward is in heaven? No, because great is your reward. Can you see that God wants to bless you when people come after you saying lies about you? How many of you have had people say lies about you? I know you have. And let me tell you, it hurts. It hurts to the core. There is not many things that hurt worse than for people to attack you. I want you to know that when people attack you, the Lord is there. And there is a right way to respond. Great is your reward in heaven. You get great rewards forever. The exchange rate is so high. We stand with Jesus. And Jesus is the one who's saying this in verses 10 through 12. He says, great is your reward. You know, one more thing to remember is that when these persecutions come, they don't come from where you think they're going to come from. They don't come from the Green Goblin. They don't come from Lex Luthor. They don't come from your arch enemy. Can I name some more? I wrote some down cuz I couldn't remember them. The Joker, or Catwoman, or the Penguin. They come from someone close. They come a lot of times from people that should support you. Why don't they come from the Green Goblin? Because you would know it. And you'd fight it off. But they come from people that you've got to figure out how to hold that relationship together. They come from your spouse sometimes. And there is a right way to respond. And there's a wrong one. But one thing to remember is that when you are persecuted and you are trying your best to walk things out correctly, God is going to bless you if you will respond correctly. It is the Lord's desire to bless you. Do you hear me? It is the Lord's desire to help you through what you're facing. And church, we're all facing persecution in our jobs, uh, in our marriages, in our lives. You know, you don't need to be naive to the fact that persecution is going to come. Persecution is going to come. And you know, if you can prepare yourself for persecution to come, you might respond differently. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 13 it says, "And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And don't be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give defense to everyone who asks you" a reason for the hope that is in you with with meekness and fear. Now I want you to catch something. Hang on, let me keep going. Verse 16. Having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. A scripture I want you to catch, I'm going to go back to verse 15, is this right here. Always be ready. What does that mean? Have your guard up so that, when you, so that you're not shocked and you respond in the flesh. You know what responding in the flesh is? It's responding by the way you feel. You better not let your feelings control your decision-making. You better not let your decision-making be controlled by your feelings because your feelings will deceive you. Always be ready to give defense. How? How do we give defense? With meekness and fear. Always be ready. 1 Peter chapter twenty, chapter 2, verse 20. It says, What credit is it when you're beaten for your faults and take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. You want to know what a big statement is? What is commendable before God? Taking a punishment because of something stupid you've done There's no credit in that. But when you do good and you suffer because of it, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. I guess one of the biggest problems is is us always having to argue our point. Us always having to say that we're right. You know, we've got four children and they all want to turn to say what they're, how they're right. And I see it in myself so many times as arguments come up. I want to defend myself. Do you know who's your defender? Jesus is. It says that he is your advocate. What does that mean? That means he is your attorney. That when anything may come against you, if you will keep your mouth shut, He will defend you. If you will take it patiently and respond in a godly way, Jesus will defend you. Now, with God as my defense, there's nothing out there that can beat Him. Have you ever thought, if you're walking through something, how you need to have a great attorney? We've got the great advocate that's never lost. He's he's a, a, a infinity to zero. He's never lost a he's never lost a battle. But pastor he went to the cross yes he did for victory. He's never lost. The only way we lose is by removing him as our advocate. That's the only way. So when attack comes recognize I have an opportunity here. Now church This is definitely easier said than done. The only way you can do it is by the filling of the Holy Spirit, is by the leading of the Lord and by His hand being with you. It's the only way. It's the only way. But I want to encourage you, next week we're going to completely wrap up these eight Beatitudes. But would you please make a commitment to God and His Word and to walking accordingly? I'm tired of seeing us get beat up. I'm ready for some victory. I'm ready for His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth now as it is in heaven. Is that the life that you're living? If it's not, we have missed it somewhere. It doesn't mean trials aren't going to come. They are. But it's time that His kingdom comes and His will be done on earth in our life, in our heart. So that, Lord, I ask you that when attack comes, that you would identify that, Lord, you're wanting to bless me. That you're wanting to bless me. Y'all just pray with me just a minute. We're going to close right here. Lord, your word says to count it all joy when tests and trials come. How can we do that? We can do that knowing that you come when those tests come. And knowing that it is your desire to bless us when those tests come. And knowing that it is your kingdom principles that you are going to build our character. And that once we pass this test, that we're going to get to move on to something better. Lord, let us stop responding in the flesh and tearing relationships. Lord, let us start to apply these eight blessing instructions for our lives. Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus over us right now. And Lord, I just say, I can't do it without you. We just take a moment and we just worship you, Lord. Just worship you, Lord, and I just give you my heart. And, Lord, everything that I ever am or ever will be or ever will have, Lord, I just give it back to you. Say, Lord, change my heart and soften my heart. Over this church body, I just ask for transformation. Our hearts to be transformed. Lord, those that have come in here at at the end of their rope, I ask you right now, Lord, for hope. I ask you right now for hope because we're trying to turn our hearts to you, Lord. Those that are beaten down from being persecuted, Lord, I just ask you for strength. Strengthen our hearts. And Lord, let forgiveness be, be in our mouths. And right now, those that have persecuted us, Lord, we just right now, I just say corporately, we forgive them. And Lord, I ask you to forgive us for our fleshly responses. And Lord, help us to step into into righteousness. We have the righteousness of Christ. And Lord, you do not call us to walk through anything that you don't equip us for. Change our hearts, Lord. Change our hearts, Lord. I just want to ask you have you made that commitment to Jesus Christ? Have you given your heart truly to Him? Would you do that right where you sit? It just says if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that Christ died on the cross for your sins. Confess with your mouth that he is your Lord and Savior. You will be saved. Right where you sit, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender my heart to you, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I turn my heart over to you. Church, I I want you to know the Lord would say this morning, what need do you have? Then the Lord would say, tell, tell him, what is your need? Let God be your provider. What is your need? I need health. I need finances. I need my marriage healed. I need my children healed. I need relationships. What do you need? Turn your heart to the Lord and come to him and ask him for help. We all stand up with me? We want to pray with you this morning. Maybe all you need prayer for this morning is for your heart to turn. We want to pray for you this morning. Maybe it's that you need breakthrough in your job or in your marriage or in your life, whatever. Humble yourself and come to the Lord for help. Those that are praying with me, come on down here. Me and Elizabeth, we want to pray with you this morning. It's time for breakthrough, church. It's time for breakthrough. As Miss Tammy and John sing, let's just, let's just open up the altar for prayer. Amen.